From the Edge of the Web Studios, here's what we're looking at this week. All right, so welcome to the Site Strategic Digital Marketing News Desk. This is Edge of the Web, episode 365, the bonus news section. I'm actually your host, Aaron Sparks. Joining me this week to take on the digital news of the day is Julie Friedman Bacini. Julie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. More than welcome. Yeah, we're we're gonna jump in here. So we want to make sure that uh, our audience knows who you are, Julie. Where do you hail from? What do you do? I am outside Philadelphia. My company is Neptune Moon LLC. I have been working in digital and search for 21 years now. I primarily concentrate on paid. I used to do design and SEO many moons ago before paid was a thing. (laughs) And once paid came along, I fell in love with uh, a lot of things about paid. So I have really moved my consultancy hard in in that direction. Very cool. So I help clients with all of their paid search and paid social needs. And 21 years in the industry, that is something to be lauded. And honestly, what's sorry to say is that we we both share some of the same legacy there. And there are digital marketers that actually were not even born when we started doing our digital marketing. You realize that? I I do. Sometimes when I'm working with younger folks, uh, especially new people, follow the PPC chat hashtag a lot and participate in the chats. And when I realize sometimes how much older I am than they are, it can make me gasp. We have made more, sta- more mistakes than they've actually been in years of driving. How about that? True. It's true. All righty. Hey, so we're going to tackle the news real quick. Jacob, okay. I'm going to ask you, what are the headlines that we're going after today? All right. I got uh, three for us. As usual, we're going to talk about the uh, possible Google algorithm and ranking update yep. from the 15th. Header tags and if those are important or not. And also that Google ad advertisers can now capture leads from YouTube. Ah, beautiful. And that's the one we're going to tee up for Julie here. So uh, we're covering all that, plus what's going on in the Google SERPs on a regular basis. And we certainly got some volatility this week. So the first article we wanted to jump into is from the Barry Swartz over at Search Engine Roundtable. Here's the news right here. August 15th, there's another big possible Google search engine algorithm and ranking update. Is that the case? There was a bunch of SEOs chatter all over the place. Everybody was running around with their hair on fire because literally we had probably the highest volatility of search rankings. Actually, before before May 5th, which was huge, it was incredibly sizable. And there were so many different sites that should have been work, should have been ranking that were dropping out of the mix. And the update has actually been reverted. This was not an update. We'll talk more about this on the, algorithm, the entire volatility report that we have here. But literally, Barry reported that John Mueller said that this was a glitch on Tuesday and last week, and everything was literally on fire over the weekend, and it snapped back into shape. That's how scary this entire environment is, is that an indexing problem can literally lose websites. We've seen it time and time again, but not to this degree, but it was sizable, and all of the uh, individuals inside of SEO were clamoring, beating their pots and pans about this one. I know you're not in SEO regularly, Julie, but takes on the digital topography, so to speak, and yeah, how much we rely on that space, either SEO or PPC. Well, first of all, I was very happy that I'm not primarily SEO when I saw everything that was going, (laughs) was happening. Uh, SEO Twitter was going pretty insane. Um, 
Yeah, it's, I kind of joke, I, I have a, a thing I talk about with clients where it's random acts of Google yep. or random acts of Facebook. And you have to always be prepared for either something like this, which is, I guess, truly was a glitch, mm -hmm. but it caused a huge disruption. But then you have other things that happen that aren't a glitch <laughs> that you're just going to have to deal with from that point forward. And I feel like working in this space, whether you're on the paid or the organic side, you really have to have the ability to move fast and mm. figure these things out and be able to create a position and reassure clients so yeah. that they're not completely losing their minds when this kind of stuff happens. Is it safe <laughs> to say that anybody that's in this industry, either PPC or SEO, shall be prepared for the bottom to drop out any point in time? I 100% think that's true. And I'm an optimistic person by nature. So I'm not, the sky is falling. Oh my God, we all should be in our bunkers. But at the same time, so much of what we do is dependent upon what these platforms decide, right. whether it's policy, whether it's how they're ranking things, all of those things. So yeah, it's a little scary to think about the fact that anything like that could happen at any time. But I think at least a part of your brain has to be prepared to kick into that crisis mode and, mm -hmm. and figure it out when some of these bigger things just drop. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Have to have a plan B. I have to, well, more importantly, you got to watch the dials too, because yeah. if you set it and forget it, well, you're not marketing. You're literally <laughs> not True. doing that. But at, at the same time is you got to be able to not overreact in, into this degree with the SEOs. And we didn't see anybody that was actually overreacting. So that's a little, bit of a dramatization. But the fact of the matter is, hold on, because a lot of times what we've been seeing with algorithm updates, we have seen a few glitches here over the last few months and the reversions happen, everything snaps back into shape. If you have a client that's actually chewing on their rankings and watching them daily, you probably need to pull them back a little bit off the fence and <laughs> calm them down and have them watch something else besides besides their rankings. The, it, you know, HBO's got a really good outsider, a Stephen King a series of episodes that just came out that's fantastic. Have them watch that as opposed to their ranks because it's probably more horrific there than, well, I don't know. I'm not even going to go there. All right, second article. You know what's not horrific? It's not John Mueller. John Mueller jumps in there on a regular basis and lets us know what we should be paying attention to over at Search Engine Journal from a Roger Monty article. Uh, heading tags are a strong signal. So Google's John Mueller, who we'll be talking to soon, says that heading tags send a strong signal about the content of the page. Now, there's been a lot of toss-up, a lot of discussions here over the many months here regarding the priority of heads and how many headlines are a good execution or should we be paying attention to H1s as opposed to H2s. There's been a lot of controversy about that. And what we're hearing from the, the, the top dog at Google Web Analytics, which heading doesn't really matter as much as you're actually leading with a headline. So there was a question asked in Webmasters Central Hangout. Somebody asked if it mattered if a page used an H2 headline at all or, or should should they use that instead of an H1? John Mueller said the page should, would rank regardless of which heading was used, of course. But still, I don't know if it will still, but it can absolutely, says Mueller. He actually explained in the web hangout how headings help page ranks. What's interesting about his follow-up statement is not only does he explain how heading tags help a site rank, he also calls them ranking factors. And I think this is one of the first times that this has been established as a ranking fa factor in recent history. 
or at least recent memory for me, as they've been changing the way they discuss headlines. It's interesting that is that it, a ranking factor is that uh, sites can actually rank well on Google even without having heading tags on their site. Anyone who's done competitive research can actually see that happening. So John actually played down the importance of H1 headings, saying that they're not critical. And that's really what we're talking about here. It's not an H1 and H2, so I don't think we're in that space anymore where you have to have that, that outline structure, but you have to have you have to have some sort of heading guiding that content, guiding this the site, the content structure and the outline. So uh, certainly recommend you reading up there. John went on to say, so headings on a page help us better understand the content on the page. Headings on the page are not the only ranking factor that we have. We look at the content as well. <clears throat> Of course, but sometimes a clear heading on a page gives us a little bit of information on what that section is about. Again, it sounds relatively simplistic, but there's all this back and forth that has been going on regarding head headlines. It's great to be able to hear John come out of the gate and say, you know what? Pay attention to it. It's not really about what tag it is, as long as you're actually identifying what this content is and on top of it, don't use uh, any type of spam signals because it probably is going to be uh, seen as uh, really not contextually binding. All right, so any thoughts about that, the headline? Because I know you manage headlines all the time in the PPC Absolutely. world, right? <laughs> yes, headlines are everything. That's no good. matter what kind of ad you write and no matter which platform you're on, the headline is very important. It's funny, I was just laughing to myself as, as you're talking about this. It, it Having done SEO back in the beginning of yep. SEO, had a headline to the H1 tag was like where it was at. Right. Between that and using the keywords, you could get any site on page one of Google. Those were the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> no, and um, it uh, takes me back. It takes me back hearing hearing these discussions still happening all these years later about how much does a header tag really matter? <laughs> it, it, it does take you back, though. I mean, those were the good old days, right? Absolutely. But it, it, it's the concept is now repeating in a different vein. You're really talking about entity identification and mm -hmm. relationships of content to each other. It's a whole nother space of. Uh, relevancy that we're in now, as opposed to let's make that keyword stuffed headline that just skyrockets, right? So the engines have gotten smarter. And on top of that, both in the PPC side of things and the SEO side of things, is that a, a, a keyword stuffed headline is not going to work well from a transaction or conversion standpoint, or at least a CTR, nearly as much as something that identifies a, a solve to a pain point. Am I wrong? I think that's true. And I think, I don't think search engines are here yet, but I think that their goal is to really understand context better. I mean, they're still not very good at it, yeah. frankly. When you look in paid search, like what they consider to be a close variant, meaning it, it's like intent, like the intent behind it is the same. Mm -hmm. uh, they're way off a lot. So really? they have a ways to go on that. But I do believe that's that's where they're trying to go. And I think they're trying to do that both organically and on the paid side of things to try to serve better results to people so that they're understanding more of the nuance. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's going to take a long time to get there, but I do feel like they're trying. <laughs> they are very trying, aren't they? <laughs>
Some days more than others, yes. <laughs> you know who's not trying? That's Ahrefs. Ahrefs is a fantastic. We're very proud to have them as a sponsor. So uh, full disclosure, they're a fantastic competitive analysis tool to be able to see what your competitors are doing in SEO, how they're ranking, why they're ranking, and what you can do about it. So you can actually check out, see all the information of your competitors, the pages, the content, the keywords that they're ranking, and create a better strategy than they and just own their lunch. So there's so many tools over at ahrefs.com. You certainly want to check that out. Jump in there. I think they've got a $7 for seven days trial for the entire program. You get the entire the entire program, the entire platform, uh, it's not crippled. You have full access to everything, and it gives you a full analysis of what you're doing well. It's good. They've got a great audit tool, by the way, as well, so you want to check that out. Uh, go over to ahrefs.com today, and the swimming fantastic data, just like we do here at the shop. All right, so that said, third article coming up. All right, so this is fully teed up to uh, Julie here uh, from Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal. Google Ads advertisers can now capture leads from YouTube. Google's bringing lead form extensions to ads on YouTube, allowing advertisers to capture leads while people watch videos. Okay. This is fantastic. So for so many advertisers to be able to get that lead right then and there before they even go to the website, what say you, Julie? It's about time. Ah, there we go. <laughs> I think YouTube, it's interesting. YouTube has so much volume and so much traffic, mm -hmm. and yet it really lags behind the rest of the ecosystem, the mm -hmm. Google ecosystem, as far as what kind of capabilities you have to advertise there. So I think it's great that they have the, the lead forms. The more... You know, YouTube really is its own its own little entity. So when people are yeah. spending time on YouTube, they're not necessarily wanting to, they might be interested in something that they see, but they don't necessarily want to click off and go visit your website. So mm -hmm. I think having that capability, if they would be a candidate to fill out a short lead form, I think that's great for advertisers. Absolutely. I've always, I've been a bit gun shy of the lead forms on SERPs, but from a paid standpoint, if you can capture that lead right there and you control the real estate that you're in, that's what really is right. the, the larger argument there, then all, uh, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be able to have that form? So the form actually shows up after users express interest in the ads by clicking on them. The ad will expand into a conversion form, which users can fill out and submit without even leaving the screen they're on. That's pretty easy, pretty comfortable for that user. And that's what you're really talking about. This native environment that they're in, if they can actually communicate and keep on watching the clips, right? Yes, very low friction. So if they have that interest, you're giving them that opportunity, like that quick opportunity right there in that moment where wow. they, they don't even have to leave YouTube. I think that's, I think that's great. And an early test of the lead form extensions on YouTube, Jeep actually reported a tenfold increase in wow. completed leads. 10 nice. times. It's <laughs> a pretty nice result. I'm thinking so. So uh, we, as, as from the show, we might want to recommend you, you guys jump in there and, and try a few out. I haven't yeah. seen the, the customization on the actual application here, but Search Engine Journal does give a number of screenshots for submitting information. Basically, they had uh, a phone number, submission, postal code, also name and potentially uh, email as well. That's it. That's as light as it is and tenfold interactions on, from wow. lead acquisition. That's something to talk about. All right, have you tried any of those out yet, Julie? I have not, I have not. I, I would like to do more with YouTube. I find clients don't, a lot of clients don't have 
video assets. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things that I feel like gets talked right, about like right. quarter after quarter a lot. But for those clients who are actually doing video, I think this is definitely, I would test the heck out of this uh, for sure. Because Absolutely. even if you get five-fold results, three-fold, <laughs> I mean, uh, most people will be overjoyed with 10s outstanding. But if you could up it to two times, three times to to what you're doing now, that's worth, that's worth a little experimentation. Absolutely. So the types of information that you can actually collect, name, phone number, email, city, zip code, state. Uh, or province, country, company they work for, job title, work email, work phone number. And that's plenty of information oh, yeah. to, uh, to, to be able to see how effective your ads are. So I uh, highly recommend looking at that article and uh, jumping over there. So that was the articles for the news. Let's just jump over to Google Updates real quick. Uh, we got a Google Update for August 17th, 2020. There's a whale of a lot of changes over the course of the weekend. Bugs happening all over the place. Barry Schwartz reported that uh, these bugs were actually spiking it on August 10th around 1 p.m., went all the way through to midnight. There was huge bug, massive ranking changes. And Google actually responded, John Mueller actually responded on the 10th that this was a glitch. Barry reported that this is an indexing error of caffeine, their, their indexing process. Everything got reverted back to stabilization as of yesterday, Sunday, the 16th of August. So on screen, we have the SEM rush displayed there, and you can see the volatility was incredibly high from a zero to a hundred, zero to a 10 point scale, 9.4, dropping down to 3.2 today. That, that's like K-12 there. That's a huge amount. <laughs> <laughs> My understanding that they're blaming caffeine for this. They are blaming caffeine for this. Sounds like sometimes when I have to come to you with an excuse for something. <laughs> it's like you've got a six pack of Jolt that, hey, I. I... <laughs> it's the caffeine, man. It's the caffeine. There was a lot of chatter in the news space, uh, a lot of SEO chatters. Uh, Marie Haynes jumped in there saying this. there was another significant change over the weekend, but it appears to have reverted so far. There's no obvious connection when looking at the patterns of the sites affected on the with the, the with the August 10th. So we have two different changes happening here. We have August 10th, and then we have this weekend's change as well. Some affected both one day, some up, others down, but everything has reverted. <laughs> Glenn Gabe jumped in there as well. Hourly trend in, in Google Analytics for two different companies that he was helping. And you might want to check out that Twitter uh, post. He actually was demonstrating sizable drops uh, while the other one was actually surging and, and everything was coming back to normal. And he actually quoted one of the site owners that dropped saying, I'm too, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine so with that type of drop. So check out Glenn Gabe's posting there. That was pretty sizable what he was showing there. Along with it, we had a Moz at 101 degrees. Look at that spike, Jacob. That was that's just mammoth. The uh, cognitive SEO score mapped the the August 10th spike, the glitch, as a much uh, more sizable glitch than the recent weekend's changes. E again, everything's reverted back so far as we can tell. But uh, along with that, to just to, final, to wrap them up, we got Rank Ranger there as well. And I don't think I've seen a risk level on their chart as high as what I saw there. Literally, their risk level on the August 16th bar was 119. And if <laughs> we're trying to be in the 50s, guys, and it, it literally was like a couple of skyscrapers there. 
So pay attention in comparison to the glitch on that same screen there of August 10th, you can see that wildly disproportionate changes there compared to cognitive SEO. So we try to, we, these tools are usually spot on and kind of in sync with each other, but there's a lot that is being interpreted right now from the glitch, but it looks like we're back to normal. And we're still going to ask John about that uh, coming up here in the next show. So that's it for the Edge News this week. Be sure to check out the full interview with Julie Friedman Bacini linked to this podcast. Be sure to comment, subscribe, and like. Like first, because yeah, that's that's that's, that's the way we start dating, right? <laughs> subscribe to YouTube so you can actually get updated when we go uh, and premiere our videos on YouTube. From all of us over at Edge, stay safe, stay well, and do not be a piece of cyber driftwood. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.